You're listening to Rock Solid People, a podcast by Max King. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. With me today on the podcast Rock Solid People is Nicole Gamarov, who is the CEO and founder of My Care Space. Not just that, but an amazing individual. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about discussing relevant topics and having a good conversation, a good chat with people that I find very, very interesting. And Nicole, I've been watching you and My Care Space grow across the course of the last probably 24 months now since we were first introduced and since we first came across each other. And it's been an amazing journey that you're on. Before we kick into that, let's just get into some personal details. You're, you are South African, as is my wife, so I can't be too rude about that. There's an old English uh, sort of animosity towards the South Africans. But uh, tell me, you were born in Welcome. Whereabouts is Welcome? Well, just just to get the pronunciation right, it's Welcome. Oh. So you need that guttural Afrikaans. It, it, it's, it's deep in the heart of the, uh, the free state. You go Welcome. <laughs> so yes, that's where I was born. As I mentioned, it, it's probably the equivalent of Broken Hill. It's real sort of deep inland in a mining town, which has had its boom and bust times. But certainly when I was growing up there, it was the heart of the mining boom um, and gold prices were booming. And yes, we, we grew up in this, in this tiny little town that uh, most people would never have heard of. Right. And if I'm looking at the map of South Africa, and for me, it's kind of like a V, that's probably yes. generic, but let's just say it's a V. Whereabouts are we? I mean, Cape Town's at the bottom of the V. Uh, yes. Johannesburg, sort of, you know, top right. Whereabouts is well, It's right inland. So you are about three hours south of Johannesburg. So that's probably the best way to describe it. So, yes, if, if we wanted to see any decent doctors or Orthodontist, we'd have to drive to Johannesburg as children, and it was it was the big city that we uh, yeah that, that we were venturing into. But it certainly didn't hold us back in life, and if anything, I think we we probably had a much more relaxed, fun, free, spirited upbringing and childhood. Yeah, and one of five with two brothers. Do you think that's uh, created some of the personality that you have today? Yes, for sure. I think, you know, being, I had, I had one older brother and, and one younger and then two younger sisters, but I think being, being nestled between the two, I really had to uh, fight for airtime. I had to be physically robust and, and mentally robust as well. So it definitely shapes one, I think, where you are in, in the pecking order at home. And if anything, it, it taught me to hold my own. I've never had any any issues with, um, I, I guess, you know, men and, and, and sparring with men, whether that's physically or, or verbally or mentally. So I think it's a good it's a good training ground. And, and that's why when, when my children do do have arguments and fights, I, I always remind myself it's, it's actually a very important part of growing up and, and learning how to stand up for yourself. Hugely. I, I, I often think, and so you probably don't know this, but my wife is pregnant now. So I'm having a... Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. But um, one of the, the, the key things that I've taken away, my, my son is 16, nearly 17, so an only child. I feel like he's missed out by not having that sparring, by not having that 
backwards and forwards. You know, he gets it from me, but you know, I'm his dad. You know, it's a different kind of kettle of fish. I, I would love him, him, and uh, you know, and and the, the subsequent. We don't know what we're having, boy or girl. So, I would love an, a second or third child because it would be amazing to have that sort of capacity. To, I think it it does give you a, a, a certain training in life. It's the best training I had, and and being being you know, it forces you to be robust and resilient and and then having two younger sisters, it also teaches you that caring, you know, that ability to care for each other and be there. And and in fact, to our detriment, we, the five of us, you know, we, we didn't really feel like we needed friends because we, we had each other. And my, um, my my brothers also had a pet snake at one stage um, in our childhood. And, and any anyone that threatened, you, you know, to, to give us a hard time, my brothers would, would suggest that they bring the snake to school. So <laughs> we, we had a great time. And I think the other thing coming from a big family is, is that you have a sense of humility and that you are you never feel all important and you know that that you know you, you're really just a piece in the puzzle and you learn teamwork so so lots of lessons I took from my my home life and childhood and what brought you to Australia sadly it was the situation in South Africa and, and how it was unfolding so um, I had met my partner and um, and we were unfortunately involved in a in an armed robbery and I, I just so, you know, I just saw this vision of, of me being raped and, and, and my husband being killed and, and I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to live in fear. So we thought we'd come to Australia as an adventure. We thought we'd come for two years. But one thing led to the next and we bought a home. We had a child and that was it. We were sold. And, and fortunately, the rest of my family has joined my extended family. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So your husband's South African too? He is. So my husband, is, we, we met in South Africa and soon after we, we came to live here. So he's got less of a South African accent than, than I have. So you might not even recognise him as South African. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, you know, and and look, you know, the, the real the real gist of, of this podcast is to to learn about my care space and and the journey that you've been on. It's been an amazing journey. I'm super excited to hear about the the ILO grant that you just dropped into the email. I mean, wow, I, so much to talk about. But let's start with my care space. It's now what it'd be three three and a half four four years old, and born out of your own experiences. Tell us about them. Yes, yeah, so so my care space started. We, we've been going for three and a half years, and really, it's 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 a deeply personal journey that my care space has been. So about fifteen years ago, my mum Joan lost her eyesight to macular degeneration, and it, it was a terrible time for mum. She was a fiercely and and still is a fiercely independent woman, and to see her losing her independence was devastating. But I think the other challenge was. We didn't know where to turn. We didn't know what support she could access and, and we didn't know where to find the information. And I remember thinking at the time, mum's probably not alone. And as it turns out, many people with a disability struggle to find the information and supports that they need just to to do everyday things that you and I take for granted. So getting getting supports to, you know, have a shower or get out and about in the community. So at the time um, I was working for a global reinsurer 
but I, I had I had a taste of the problem and, and the extent of the problem that our community was, was experiencing or the disability community. And I knew that I had the capacity and I felt I had a responsibility to actually do something about it. And, and the NDIS was slowly being rolled out. And I, at that point, decided to leave my career in finance and start my care space and I've, I've never looked back. So, you know, having, having the ability to use my care space to make an impact on the lives of people living with a disability and their families has been an amazing journey and, and one that we're really just starting and, and we're just, we're just starting to, I guess, to scale up now. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that out of that what you've just said that I want to unpick. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> how was that, that decision when you walked into the HR office and handed in your resignation? Was it an exciting feeling, or were you a bit uh, nervous? And um, what was what was that in, in your? Yes, yeah, yes, it it was both terrifying and and exciting. And you know, I, I've always believed that fortune favors the brave, and I had I had incredible support from my husband Stephen and and my family and so all my colleagues thought I was crazy so no one leaves you know a blue chip Swiss reinsurance company once you're in you're in for life so I think people were absolutely gobsmacked that I was trading um, this this successful career in reinsurance to to start something that was highly risky I remember a lot of my colleagues saying oh the NDIS will never take off it's it's doomed from the start so I never doubted that path and I never doubted what I wanted to achieve and, and the vision that I had was always very clear. So, yes, it was terrifying, but I think in life it's so important to do things that are terrifying, that make you scared and to take ourselves out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And if you could uh, if you could give us some advice, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that we have some budding entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, but if you had some advice to people, what, what would that be in the, in the early stages of, of, of that, that, yeah, a nascent idea and they want to launch it? What, what's what's, uh, what's your take? Out of your experience. Yes, I mean, look, I mean, there, there's so many, there's so many different books that have been written now on, on startups, you know. So there's the lean startup. There's, I mean, there's, there's a thousand, a thousand other books like that. I think you've got to be, you've got to be prepared for it to take longer than you expect. So of course, there's the Ubers and and Uber Eats and and all these other amazing startups that have just gone viral from the get go. But in fact. The journey is is very is actually very volatile and and um, and you have to be prepared for it to take longer than you expect. So someone, another entrepreneur, once said to me, if if you expect it to take a year to to actually launch, you need to multiply that by three. Now, luckily, I'm an impatient person, so <laughs> I, I I do I do tend to push things along a bit quicker. But you you need to be patient, but you need to have grit and resilience. And and don't lose don't lose faith. You know, if 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 you you have setbacks, expect them. If you expect the setbacks, but you don't lose faith in your vision and and you have the passion and drive, you will be successful. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, I, I love that. I, I I love the fact that you have taken a, a blue, as you say, blue chip career and rolled the dice on something that you believe in passionately yourself. So for those people that don't know, a, a short, brief, like lift version of what my care space is and does. Yes, great. Yeah. So my care space is an online platform that connects people living with a disability and their families 
with the information and support that they need to live full and independent lives. So if you unpick that, there's actually two parts and, and we're holistic in that sense, in that not only are we creating connections for people living with a disability and their families, but we also making information more accessible. So the best example is it's, it's great when people receive their NDIS plans and, and they can go out and find the support that they need. But what we find very often is that if, if people don't take the time to understand their plans and unpick it and, and actually work through each, each of the different components, they don't get the most from their plans. So we are empowering people with easy to, to understand information about the disability sector, about the NDAs, and then moving on to making those, those connections. So, and, and we're making, I mean, thousands of connections each month. And our, our goal by 2025 is to reach 1 million Australians. So we have a clear path that by 2025, we can actually achieve that goal. And, and each month we, we have, yeah, we have to just keep increasing the number of people and providers that we're connecting. And of course, the flip side of this free community service that we're providing to people living with a disability is that service providers Service providers are struggling to find customers. So these are NDIS providers and, and some of them are non-registered providers. So by connecting people with providers, we're actually solving the problem for both. So that creates loyalty with providers and, um, and, and that's, that's, of course, a, a massively growing market. Yeah. And you mentioned you, you, when your mum first was diagnosed and was losing her sight, there was a struggle to find the information. And what for me is actually prevalent now is that there's too much information. And so what we need as consumers is someone to filter that and, and validate the information. And what, have you found that to be one of the challenges of my care space? It, it is a huge challenge and, and one that we, you know, fair to say we, we underestimated the quantity of data that we'd be dealing with. So, but luckily having a reinsurance background, you know, where we you know, I worked very closely with the actuaries and we were dealing with, you know, huge amounts of data. That didn't daunt me at all. So, you know, seeing a massive database is something that actually excites me. But it's it's one thing having quantity of data. It's another thing having quality of data. And that's why our aim is to provide quality connections. So we're focusing, we're, we're moving into the next phase of my care space where our focus is on creating quality connections and that relies heavily on on the quality of the data so we've got a big data project at the moment so um, the thing that differentiates us is when people come and say well i need a support coordinator that can speak you know mandarin or i need a plan manager that can speak speak arabic we're collecting that data and and that is incredibly valuable and it's valuable to people living with a disability because more and more people want to customize their their engagement online and, and anyone can go to the yellow pages, any anyone can go to Google. But it's when you're able to personalize that service that that you you create that value and that loyalty and, and you make life easier for people, quite frankly. hundred percent. And 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 what you've just mentioned there, you know, nuances of people's support. Uh, you know, it could be that as you say, if you want a plan manager who speaks Arabic, you know that that it's not you know the, the journey towards getting a plan manager is an arduous one, 
But the fact that the nuance of it and, and, and you, know, you need to be spe- speaking a, a specific language and, and, and culturally aligned with that individual or their family, huge burden towards acceptance and sustainability of those people's plans. You know, that, you know it, it's a huge thing. So I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in awe of what you are doing there in that respect of connecting people. And, 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 and you and I both, I think, are, are very positive about the NDIS. We believe... Yeah. It's, it's over, you know, uh, the overall cost or benefits is, is that it's very much in a, in a positive column. You, you you were talking to me about some of the amazing stories that you have had with with your in your experience in my care space, and I'd I'd be keen to just hear a couple of those. Yes. About you know, tell tell me right, tell me something. Yes. <laughs> okay, how much time do you have? I say this because I'm so sick of people being negative about the NDIS. I really want to hear the positivity, and you and I are both very yes. positive about it. And I'd love to, hear, you know, that's why I say so. Yes. You as much time as you want. <laughs> okay, great, fantastic. So there, there, there's always one or two people that I think stick with you, and and certainly there there's one particular um, young man who called us, and he was pretty desperate. He had a complex combination of post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar, anxiety, depression, and he really felt like his his life was he, he was just spiraling downwards. And he had received his NDIS plan, but he didn't know how to, to find the support that he needed. And, and the thing about the NDIS is that um, in some places, people are spending less than 50% of their plans. And we know on average that people are spending around six, 66%. So, so this, this is something that we can actually have a real impact on. And so we spent some time chatting today and, and what we realized is that if we could just get him those first few supports that he that were funded, he, he would get his life back on track. And that's exactly what happened. So we found him a psychotherapist. He also needed basic things like like home maintenance. He hadn't cleaned his, his kitchen in two years. So got him the therapist. So that got him in a more positive state of mind. He then got his, his kitchen and home clean. That meant that that he could then he could start preparing healthy meals. He was eating properly. He could. He then lost weight, and he had the energy to start going back to the gym, getting out and about into the community. So, what we see is that is, is often one small connection that you and I could take for granted has, can have a massive impact on someone's life. So, for Dave, you know, he phoned us a couple of weeks later. He'd lost ten kilos. He was getting out and about into the community. He no longer felt isolated, and and we were able to stem that spiral. So that 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 will always stick with me. Every day we hear from mums with young young kids with autism. Now, I mean, as you know, autism is a big part of the NDIS, making um, over 40% of, of the cohort of the NDIS participants. And what we find is, is as you know, young people with autism struggle with um, social interactions. And there's a real dearth of information about social options for young people. So we have desperate mums calling us every day saying, I've got a young child who might be seven, eight, nine on the autism spectrum. What are our options in terms of developing social skills? And so we, again, have built a database and many of these providers that are providing social options, they're not NDIS registered, they're small, they're local, they might even be started by parents who have a child with autism themselves. So very grassroots. And we're creating this database of, of these options. And we have 
often we have mums calling us and saying, you've helped me more than anyone has in the eight years of my child's life. And, and that's, that's something that, that we, we love hearing, but it's, it can also be quite confronting to hear that. So that's actually what led us to create the A-List, which is, is the ILC project that we, we just found out is, is, is being funded. So the, the A-List is going to transform things for young people with autism. So it's an online hub for young people with autism to explore and develop their social goals and then to be able to act on them. So we'll be creating a database of, of social activities, social options, peer support networks that will allow, allow young people with autism to browse, book, and pay for activities. So it's using these, these positive stories and actually doing something with that, and, and, and that's what's led to the A-list. And, and we're really excited that the federal government is funding projects like this because I think it, it demonstrates that the ILC strategy is actually working. And and so and let's just let's just break that down because that's amazing. I mean, like, so I'm super excited to hear about this. So, ILC information linkages in, in, information linkages and connections connections not capacity. So ILC is a uh, federally funded grant program, and you have just secured funding for the A list. And the A list, as you've just described, is a online resource for uh, ch- generally children with autism to to develop their social skills am, am i yes am I yes yes sorry and let me just just let me just correct that that's it's information linkages and capacity building so so the connections is what we'll be doing but it's 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 actually in their language it's it's capacity building so they have as you know the ndis has its own language and then ilc also has its own language <laughs> One of, the, one of the things that I've come out of, uh, and I've just applied for aged care accreditation, aged care and NDIS language is so acronym focused. And it's it's when you're in it, you just, you drop them like they're just truth bombs. And, and when you're not in it, you just go, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I and I love it. But so so the A-list has been, uh, it's, it's a project. Is there a launch date? Because I, I, is it live? Am I? Am I uh, are you missing something? Have I, have I left you out? Are you having FOMO? <laughs> Like you literally dropped this into the email that you sent me at 10 p.m. last night. And I was like, wow. So there's all this amazing stuff happening with Nicole. And I'm so excited to talk to you about it. But yes, I have a bit of FOMO. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. No. And, and look, it just, it's not that we're jumping the gun. So we, we've, we've got an incredible partner with the Australian Federation of Disability Organizations or ASTO. So they, ASTO have auspiced this project for us. And we, we have created a consortium of peak national bodies, which is ASTO, and then some grassroots organizations. So autism, autism community network and another one called A4, which is an Asperger's advocacy organization. And we brought all these different organizations together. We, we shared our vision for the A-list, which was specifically focusing on social activities for, for young autistic people. And they all loved it. And, and we said, okay, let, let's, let's apply for this grant. So it's been announced. I think it was announced on the 2nd of September. So the Minister for Disability announced all the ILC recipients. But we haven't officially launched it yet because I think in terms of 
yeah, in, in terms of contracts being signed and things like that, it takes a bit longer with DSS. But it's it's absolutely it's it's happening, and we we are we're preparing our co-design workshop. So so what it will involve is not only helping young people develop their their actual goals, their social goals, but allowing them to actually act act on them by by finding the activities, and there will also be in an organizational component attached to this. So the the role that my care space is, is playing is also one of market stewardship and, and it wasn't one that we planned and set out to do, but by default being a national platform, we, we have this bird's eye view of, of where there are um, thin markets and, and where there are demand and supply issues. And of course, this is, this is a big issue in the space around options, social options for young people with autism. So one of our roles will be to try and identify where there's a lack of supply and try and build the capacity of organizations to, to move into that space, whether it's through online events or physically actually offering more activities and to track them and to help them build their capacity and share, share data and statistics so it will encourage them to actually offer more, more events. And, and that will obviously be an economic driver as well. So there, there's so many social and economic drivers to this project. That is amazing. I mean, it's so, I mean, so exciting. I, I mean, that congratulations, I'd like to say. I, I, I Thank you. You've high-fived yourself a few times, guys. This is a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a, I mean, as I say, such a wonderful, wonderful, because I, I have to say my view on a lot of the ILC grants or some of the grants that come through are that um, I, I sometimes question the the, uh, the the rationale behind behind issuing them, but when you talk to me about what you've just described for the A list, I, I can 100% see it. And and I and I just I just for me, I, if you try and extrapolate, and this will be you'll love this because you're from an insurance background. If you extrapolate the positivity that you want to generate, you have no concept of how amazing that will be to so many individuals and families' lives. And, and that's that's what drives me. It's it's having having an impact on the lives of people with a disability, and not only people with a disability, but their families and carers. So, in Australia, it's estimated that there's over two hundred thousand young people with with autism. And if if you if you then imagine that each of those people have a loved one, a parent, or sibling, that impacts close to 800,000 people in Australia. And and often, not only do these young people experience social isolation, but so do the families. So the impact that we can have is enormous and we're really excited and we're already getting interest. So we had, an, uh, we had the Minister for Disability from the Northern Territory contact us um, over the last couple of days, wanting to find out how this program going to be rolled out in the Northern Territory, and and what are the benefits to that community. So we, um, you know, we would love to work with lots of different partners, and um, you know, anyone who has an interest in this project, we'd encourage them to come forward and and speak to us and and engage with us. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you one more opportunity for a plug. Uh, is there a URL? Is it www.dalist.org.au? Yes, yes. So it it will it will be www.dalist.com.au. It will be powered by my care space. So it's going to be backed by our consortium, which will be, as I said, Asto, my care space, and then A4. So. You should be hearing from us soon, more publicly, uh, over the next month or so. 
I'm excited about that. And look, I'm very conscious of a few things. So NDIS, obviously, you and I are very positive. Three things you love about it. So yes, I mean there, there's so much that I love about the NDIS. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be in in the space. I think. The, the the thing that I love the most is 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 the fact that we're seeing people's lives changing and and people actually actually achieving their goals. So you do hear a lot of uh, a lot of negative stories, but when I see the domino effect of mums telling us that they they are now getting respite, and because of that, and I know the word respite doesn't really exist in the new world of the NDA, but they're getting the support that they need. And because of that, they're able to get out and about and start working again and start becoming economically productive. That's when I high five the NDIS and I say, that's exactly the intention that, that people become socially integrated, but that there's that economic benefit as well. So we, we see, I mean, we do see that people's ability to self-manage, I think is something that I love about the NDIS as well. And I'd love to see more people self-managing. So that is that is something that I think is it should be kept at all costs. So people's ability to manage their own funding and if they want to use you know their own support worker to hire them, that that's amazing. I think support coordination is a very key important part of the NDIS and, and something that we were really glad to see the NDIS address this more recently with their discussion paper on support coordination. And I think it touched on a lot of key issues, but it's really important because support coordinators are so key in terms of opening the doors for, for many young people. And then I think just seeing seeing the mindset change that the NDIS is, is I guess, is sort of unleashing. So I think I mentioned we recently hosted a, an ILO webinar, which is Individualized Living Options. And so the, the NDIS is creating this platform for providers to move in and innovate, and, and it's, it's looking to support providers to offer new forms of living arrangements. So I think that we're trying to move away from institutions and institutionalization and individualized living options is something that, that I'm really excited about. It's, it's going to give people the opportunity to live like you and I live in the community and, and not live in, in institutions. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned it when we, when we asked you the, the reaction of the NDIS to COVID. And the, and the agility that they demonstrated, I have to say, I, I take my hat off to Martin Hoffman, to, to Stuart Robert, the minister, to, to, the, to those individuals that made it happen. It was a challenging time for us all, and we, we, we don't have any concept of the, 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 the consequences for it in the future for everyone's mental health. But I, I have to say, Martin Hoffman and, and, the, and the IS, amazing reactions to the challenges that they faced. I couldn't agree with you more. So I think Martin has shown true leadership in tough times and he immediately got on the front foot that first webinar that he, that he did and he, he outlined the changes that they were going to um, put in place. So I think the key thing for us was the flexibility that the NDA is, is offering people and offered people as a result of COVID and the pandemic. 
we, we hope that that will continue and that they won't turn things back because that, that is one of the biggest challenges that I think people have with the NDS is, is the lack of flexibility. So if we can con- continue to see that flexibility, you know, in the future, we, we would be really pleased. I mean, I think the fact that the NDIS accepted that there was potentially a crisis that they could see unfolding as we saw in aged care facilities. And so they immediately contacted organizations like MyCareSpace and other platforms where they, they recognized that they needed, they needed options for people need, needed to be able to find replacement supports. So they created a, a URL on the NDIA website saying that if, if you're, if you were worried about the continuity of support, these are the platforms that can connect you either with support workers or with other services. And that, that's quite, that breaks the mold that the NDIA, you know, often refuses to promote organizations. Yeah, 100%, very bold. And I and I applaud that, you know, I, uh, as much as we've gone through the, the accreditation and audit processes, I applaud the marketplace philosophy that they, they've generated. You know, my care space and the A-list will be a testament to the, the shift in thinking and, and the embracing of new technologies, new platforms, new ways of thinking, and not the intransigence around you have to be registered or you have to be part of, you know, part of the institution to be, to be on the website. You know, I think it's wonderful. I think it's amazing. And I, and I hope that they continue. You obviously, you know, we've talked about inflexibility you're yes. around funding and, 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 you know, I think that they've addressed some of that. Still, it's one of the, it's one of your bugbears. It's one of your... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I mean, just, just, I think if there were two words that, the, you know, if I was to use two negative words in connotation to the NDIs, it would be inconsistency and inflexibility and you know these are just words but we we see them playing out in in terms of people's lives and and when you actually are speaking to people and you see how this plays out in terms of people's lives and and what they can achieve it's it's heart-wrenching at times and 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 the inconsistency is can be so unfair at times and I've spoken to you about the asymmetry of information so you know if you're someone who doesn't English isn't the first language. Um, you're at such a disadvantage in terms of how you can access those supports that are essentially funded. So yes, I mean, if, if we could see more consistency from the agency, and it's not just in one area, it's, it's across everything. So we, we just want more consistency and more flexibility. We, we would be very happy if, if that was just, you know, those two things changed. No, and, and you have to also understand this is individualized funding. So inconsistencies will occur when you are going to a very granular level of dealing with an individual and their plan and their nuances and their circumstances. So I agree with you 100%. I, I think that, you know, there needs to be more of that. But at the same time, I, I still take my hat off to the NDIS and think yes. it's, it's a pretty, pretty game changing, world leading, amazing uh, thing that we're all involved in. Uh, I you you've mentioned a few times, and I'm not going to try and do a plug for Oscar support, but our mission statement is to empower great futures for their for our clients and their families, and and it's important that we recognise their families as well because I think you mentioned it. It's not just the individual that you're helping; it's not it, it's it's their immediate family and their their social network. That's who we are all trying to create better futures for. Uh, to just live, whether it's an ordinary life or an amazing life or whatever the, the life may be, but just have the opportunity to explore that 
and and I'm super passionate as you are as well about those those niches that the, the culturally and lingu- linguistically diverse individuals or families or cultures and communities. I, I think we've got so much so far to go, but we are on a, on a really good trajectory. Nicole, we're going to leave it shortly. I'm just going to say to you, what what makes you personally happy? What 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 brings you joy in in those in this life in the world? Oh well, I, I would have to say my, my my family and 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 the personal relationships that I have, and and at the at the end of the day, you know, it, it's it's that human connection, and and you know, if, if there was one learning that I've I've taken from the whole my care space journey, I know how important human relationships and 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 in particular family is to me, so. You know, with my care space, what we've realized is is the technology, we thought the technology would be the solution. In fact, it 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 simply is an enabler. So that human connection is so important. And um and, and I think that is how we are differentiating ourselves, is we're investing a huge amount in our connections team who takes the time to speak to people and understand. And at the end of the day, Max, you are in a human service and you are doing your kicking goals. And, and I think Care Support is doing a fantastic job of, of really, you know, focusing on the individual because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's all about relationships. So, and, and that's what's brought us together, right? To do this podcast is, is the friendship and, and, and the connection that, that we made. So thank you for the opportunity to share the My Care Space journey. And I look forward to seeing the final products of your work. Uh, thank you. And so just, for, just to wrap it up. So My Care Space is www.mycarespace.com.au. And the A list is www.mycarespace.com.au. A-list.com.au. Right. The A-list or just A-list? The A-list. 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 Amazing. I cannot wait to see it. I'm super excited to uh, to see where you take my care space, where you take the A-list, because uh, I know that when you know everything comes out of it and the dust settles, you are delivering on what you set out to achieve, and it's amazing to watch your journey. And, and I'm, I, I have to say, yes, we, we've, come, we've come to our, our friendship through both being in the same industry, but also through, through through mutual connections, to watch you achieve and kick goals has been amazing. And uh, I know you and I both have had challenges, and we we both have had an enormous uh, times when you question what you're doing, and you, and you but you come back to it and you go, you know, what we what we set out to achieve, we're gonna do, we're gonna deliver on. So thank you very much, Nicole Gamerol from My Care. And and uh, I have to just tell you, I, I think I've actually made an error with with the A list. So I will have to because because the website's not up and running yet. I'll have to send you um, send you that URL so people actually get it get it right. We would love to Nicole Gamerol from MyCareSpace and the A list. Thank you very much for being part of Rock Solid People. And if you are interested, we are going to be interviewing Nat from Mojo Surf up in Byron Bay, who has created an amazing farm for people with disabilities. We're going to try and get Jess Harper on the phone from DIA. Uh, we'll see how we go with that one. Uh, and Peter is coming from Mabel. But thank you very much, Nicole Gamarov. Mike. Great. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for your time. Bye, Max. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Rock Solid People. For more interviews, stay tuned.